Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Real Madrid 1, Chelsea 1, a compelling morning of Champions League action for you on Optus Sport. We'll dissect that in detail on today's Gag and Bob Plus. Look ahead to the blockbuster between Paris Saint-Germain and Manchester City and also touch on the news of Julian Nagelsmann's move to Bayern Munich. What does that mean for Tottenham Hotspur who hope to get him in charge? So much to get stuck into. Let's get right into it. Yeah, what a morning of football it was. Chelsea won, Real Madrid won. David Wiener with you for this match day edition of the Gagan Pod. Joined by our all-star cast, John Aloisi, Michael Bridges, Thomas Sorensen from the couch this morning. Gents, one all in Madrid. Uh, Bridgie, to you first. Who is happier with that result? I would definitely say Chelsea with the result. You know, away from home, away goal. But after the first half an hour, they will be there on the flight now, travelling back to London thinking, how did we not score two or three in the first 30 minutes of the game? So on the reflection, they'll be happy now. But, mate, it could have been dead and buried in the first 30 minutes of this game. Yeah, I think that uh, Zidane will go away feeling relieved that they didn't get really, like, that throw away the the, the tie in that first leg because that first half hour, Chelsea was sensational. They were all over Real Madrid. Real Madrid got it tactically wrong. They went back to a back five or back three. um, But where they were getting caught out was in midfield because Zidane got Casemiro to actually push a lot higher, not only with the ball but without the ball. And and they were able to find that space in midfield, Chelsea, especially Pulisic. Pulisic was uh, the, the, the one that really caused problems in the first half. All things put together, was that as good as you've seen in a full full component part of Chelsea under Thomas Tuchel? Yeah, I think he got it right from the start. I think uh, Pulisic, I think it was, was tremendous. Him and Mason Mount and Kante, as, as always, uh, were totally dominating that midfield, finding the spaces, drawing people out, um, and, and just exploiting it. And uh, But I think from, from Zidane's point of view, I think now he's he's probably happy that he found a solution because they totally nullified that in the second half, you know, with Casemiro just changing the, you know, the, the positioning of, of those three in midfield. Um, yeah, Chelsea didn't really find that space, didn't create any chances, and they need that going to Stamford Bridge because they, they, they need a clean sheet and, and, and try to find a goal. Yeah, I mean, Kante, I think every post game we've spoken about Kante in great depth. Not only, so in a perfect environment, he is unbelievable. But did Zidane's tactics almost give him a free reign in that first half to even go to another level? We talk about the, the midfield trio of, of Madrid that we all love, but Kante is the name on everyone's lips from the midfield after that display. 
Yeah, so Chelsea's right side with Kante, with Pulisic, um, Azpilicueta was probably less so in terms of with the ball, even though he was getting into good positions, he was even making forward runs. I think he was there just to give him that balance defensively. Um, you have to say that uh, you know, Zidane got it wrong in that first half, but uh, give credit to Chelsea as well. They, they, they were very good with the ball, their, their movement, their rotations, um, like I said, especially on that right side. But once... Real Madrid sorted that out and kept their midfielders a lot closer to their defenders. Then that space wasn't there and they nullified Kante and Pulisic in that second half. Question for you, John, being a striker and you've been there and managed as well as a coach, Timo Werner. Mm -hmm. Do you go with him for the second leg? Because the chance that he missed yet again, can you put faith in him? Or is it that time to release Giroud again? Look, I think the way that... um, I think the way that Tuchel likes to play, Giroud doesn't suit that system because he likes his actual uh, strikers to be able to not really play as your focal point as a number nine. They like to to, to really rotate a lot with the other wider players, with Mason Mount, with Pulisic. And but he scores goals. He scores goals, but it, it, it doesn't suit the system. I, I think Werner actually plays well. He didn't play that well this morning, but under Tuchel, he's been playing well. He just misses too many chances. He's not ruthless enough in front of goal. The chances he missed this morning if they don't get through I think that is the reason why because they're not like a Benzema gets an opportunity like that bang it's a goal whereas uh, Werner gets that chance you know it, it's not a goal it, it, it keeps them in the tie but when we're strikers I know when I'm having a bad game the other th- in front of goal the thing I've got to do is the work rate he, he didn't shrug his work rate but you've got to hold the ball up and Militao destroyed him he bullied him off the park now I don't think that happens with another striker as a Tammy Abraham or a Giroud yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does. He, he has put Havertz up there. He brought Havertz on uh, for Werner and put him as that number nine. I think he likes Havertz more than he likes Giroud and, and Abraham. Um, but, you know, I, I, look, personally, I would rather go with a, a, a typical number nine that you know that is like when Militao comes charging in, you're able to put your body in front and the ball sticks and you've you got the others that coming into play. But let's not criticised Tuchel too much because that first half performance was as good as I've seen mm. Chelsea play against a top quality opposition. So he got it right tactically and, and, and his team selection was right. He did. And, and and he would have been hoping that Werner would have been buoyed by his goal on the weekend as opposed to his miss. But just one more on that, on that Thomas. Is, um, is, is Timo Werner after one season currently playing for his Chelsea future? Uh, you're always playing for your future, but but um, you know with the start he's had, he hasn't turned the corner because that's that's what you're looking for. You're looking at habits. You know you sort of sense that he's 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 on the way and in the right direction, um, and you haven't got that feeling with with Werner. And ultimately, you know they have to look at bringing in uh, you know one that can finish those chances. Is is Werner then going to be a complementary piece to that or or can they afford to, to have him at all? I think that that's going to be a, a case for them this summer. They have to, to be ruthless uh, in, in what direction they have to go because he's by then would have had a full season and if he doesn't come good late this season, then there'll be question marks. I think they will. I think they will bring someone in that they can guarantee them goals. I, I think he has to because if they want to get to that next level and what I'm talking about that next level is really compete with Manchester City and you think Liverpool will come good uh, next season as well. Manchester United will be there. That um, They need to, to get that gap because when Chelsea are winning, they're not winning 
comfortably. They're just getting those 1-0 results and, and, and just winning by that odd goal. You know, against Crystal Palace was the only other mm. time. And it wasn't Werner that scored. It was Pulisic that, and Havertz that, that caused havoc. So I think that they will go sign someone else, whether they keep Werner uh, on to just complement the other striker. The good out for Werner at this moment in time to go and get his love of the game back in front of goal and, you know, being been um, looked after is Nagelsmann going to Bayern Munich a man that he had at RB Leipzig so watch that could be a, a, a good little out for them I know they've got Lewandowski but he, when he played for RB Leipzig it was more of a left hand tucked yeah. inside on the right hand side so mm. it could be, could be an option for, for him however going back to the Champions League match itself I've got to say if there's any team that can hold Real Madrid uh-huh. and get through on the away goal it's the clean sheets that Chelsea have had under Tuchel well, 16 clean sheets out of 22 now under Tuchel. So you know that they'll be confident of holding the fortress at the bridge. Um, before we move on to Madrid, I, I guess the one question to ask about Tuchel is um, back-to-back games, no changes. This is as close as it looks like to being what he sees as perhaps his first 11. In terms of what he's achieved to get to that, Talk, talk us through a little bit of how actually much of an achievement that is, given he has got the likes of, you mentioned Giroud, you mentioned Werner, Havertz, Ziyech, Pulisic to try and balance, find their strengths. He's finally kind of landed on something that he's happy with as a balance, hasn't he? Yeah, because you could, you know, when he came in, clearly he was looking at the defensive side of it. You know, let let's be solid. Let's get let's get ourselves organized. And then you know the front third was lacking. I think it's it's slightly moving in the right direction. I think they they're finding their movement easier now. Uh, now they're understanding the system. Um, and and again, I think if they have that player, uh, that, that Benzema, or you know, I'm not saying that Lewandowski or Haaland <laughs> or something, you know, I, I think they will be a totally different team. It's just they're not finishing teams off when they have chances, like like this morning. Um, and I think that that's the difference. That's the next level they have to move. But you got to give him credit for how he's he's brought players, players like Rudiger, Aspilicueta, who, who wasn't really in the team. You know, he's, he's brought that squad together, uh, which Jorginho, like it, yeah, it looked like it was fragmented, uh, you know, under Lampard. Oh, I said it'd be the last question, but one last question on Chelsea. <laughs> if they do sign that striker, you're putting them in Premier League contention. I mean, they might win the Champions League this year. Who knows? But is that what they need to be right breathing down Manchester City's next next year? Yes. Uh, yeah. They're, they're already there. When you think when he's come in and what they've been able to achieve yeah. in that short space of time, they're already there. The squad depth that they have. That's frightening. It is frightening, yeah. And I think if they'd have had Tuchel in from the start of this season, it would have been a hell of a mm. challenge on Manchester City. They, would, they wouldn't have been as dominant. It would have been very, very close. Look, he wins most of the games against the so-called smaller sides, except that blip against West Brom. But he's also getting results against the contenders. And that goes to show that, that Tuko, as a manager, he can actually outsmart, if you want to say, the top managers in the Premier League. Well, so he's, he's set a record already. Mm, uh, for away games. Away games unbeaten. Mm, I think 11? Yeah. Incredible impact. Incredible impact in a short space of time. Speaking of impact, now you guys have all referenced it, if Chelsea had Benzema. Karim Benzema, what an equaliser. Out of nothing, really, against the run of play at the time, but that's what Madrid can do to you. If they're still in the game, if you don't put them away... That spine, that that dominant group of veterans they have, they can pull that in a moment. And when they've got Karim Benzema in the tie, they are alive. Yeah, classical Benzema finish. You know, I'm, I'm sure they 
we've got these two great strikers here to can talk about it. But I, I when just are, want when are, when are before coming? I hand it over. <laughs> I, I just want to no, no, hey, you know, don't take anything away from your career, Michael. Just, um, you know, I just want to say like how they set that corner up. Um, yeah. You know, but how they, you know, got it out. Uh, Marcelo hit it sort of to the back area, uh, isolated uh, Casimero um, against Aspilicueta, totally outmatched. And then that's where the goal came from. So you got to give them credit for, for how they, they set that up and, and got to the finish that um, I'm sure you, you guys can talk about. Yeah. It was absolutely Just brilliant. talk us through it. No, I, I agree with Thomas because when you're actually playing um, and majority of the, the time at Chelsea, they've got this uh, zonal marking in, on the uh, corner. And to shift that, you play it short. So they play two short balls and then it was precise where Marcelo was trying to hit the ball. It was isolate uh, Aspilicueta with Casemiro who's very good in the air he got that early leap it wasn't a foul he got he got up really well and then it was a header back across but the the actual finish the control from Benzema was unbelievable because he would have just seen the ball at the last second so he's actually able to control with his head going backwards keep his balance and the way he's actually finished it and connected it the world like he did that's a, that's a sign of a much maligned striker which I don't know why because he's all always scored goals mm. and he's played at Real Madrid for how many years now and still people question him what a striker he is he's, he's he will go down in the probably the same bracket as a, a Lewandowski if you want to say maybe just underneath him but in that category. cannot score as many goals in Champions League he cannot play 71 as, mm. as many games for Real Madrid he cannot play as many games in the Champions League to people to question why he is playing mm. and doing the number nine because just before that goal he hit. He yeah. had a shot with his left. He took his own opportunity out of nowhere, out of nowhere. and that's the difference. Yeah. He's just he is on a different, different level. And it's the the hold up play I was on about with Tino Werner didn't give Chelsea. This man can play with his back to goal. He can make the runs. He's a defender's nightmare. And he scores goals. I would say single handedly, you know how Ronaldo and Messi can actually lift their own teams. Yeah. Benzema did that this morning. Yeah. They, they were not in that game at all for the first 30 minutes, but you could see he was the only one that actually, like you said, Bridgie, holding up the play, bringing others into play. At, at some stage, he was one against three or four, but he was still able to create something out of nothing, and that's the sign of a top, top player. And, and there was one point in time he was in his own half playing short passes, triangles, getting out with the energy and the athleticism that maybe he's underappreciated for. Just to end off on that, the, the Lewandowski point you made, why is he on a tier below? Because, you know, we talked about him being the foil, maybe the complementary striker to Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo through all those years. Since Ronaldo's left, he has scored at least 25 goals in those three seasons. He's already got 27 this season. So 30, 27, and then 27 with more to come this season. He's done everything. I would say tier below, the only reason why is because he played the foil to Ronaldo for so many years. So when you saw Lewandowski... Every time he's actually played for Dortmund, then Bayern Munich, he's the leading goal scorer of that team and he, of the competition. He takes penalties. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Benzema was never going to take penalties when Ronaldo was there. No penalties in 71 in the Champions there you, League. There you go. So if you put penalties onto his goal scoring record, it's a whole different concept. I would actually put him up in that category. But I, but I also think there might be a slight political mm-hmm. agenda mm-hmm. against him with all the things that happened with, with the French national team and 
and how he sort of fell out of favor and, and all that. Um, you know, that's 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 a little bit of a blemish on on his record, and it and could some prolong his career, though, Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not saying, but you know, that could be why yeah. we're not talking about him at the yeah. same. You know, because some people don't want to talk to him about him in, in the same bracket as as Lewandowski, but he should be. He's very divisive, mm. you know, the, with just the way he is. I wonder if he shook hands with Giroud before or after That's the game, <laughs> because a couple of years ago there was a little bit of a. Um, I w- I what did say, he call him? He said it was something like, uh, "He's the go kart on the Ferrari," and um, and because Giroud and uh, and Benzema were fighting for that number nine yeah. position for France, and and then then after that, the, obviously the incident that uh, with Valbuena that um, he ended up having not being selected anymore. But uh, I tell you what, you know, w- what a nice headache it would be to have if you selected him again. What a, yeah, what a nice headache to have to have Benzema playing alongside Mbappe and Griezmann and Koeman and, and co. But I tell you, it's say divisive. It's split the Champs and Zidane. They're literally both in the public domain on different sides of the coin on it. So um, we get to appreciate his talents. Madrid get him fit without the burden of international football, but we're robbed of him um, at the Euros. And by the way, some breaking news, guys. We're just coming in from Spain. Florentino Perez has declared this a 1-0 win to Real Madrid. <laughs> it's done and dusted clean sheet to Thibaut Courtois and that, that is going to be the victory for football that everyone demanded just just quietly it was I think today was a bit of a reminder for me like this is the first time Chelsea and Madrid have played at this level it had a different feel okay it would have been great in a full stadium but what a different feel it is if would have been if we'd seen them play five times already this season or five times a week for the next five years I think today was a nice a nice is Wake that a little call. dig you're having at the Super League there, Dave? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes, look, I totally it, agree with you. Look, to, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I love watching these big games all the time. I just don't like the, the fact of the Super League that they, they just want to actually uh, get Monopoly. into a competition without actually qualifying. That, that, that's what annoyed me mm. so much about it. I don't even like the new Champions League yeah. format that they're going to bring out in, is it 2023? In three years, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm just going, well, really, did it need that much changing? Of course, there's a money factor behind it, and that's what they're all going on about. That's why the big clubs wanted that Super League. That's why they needed to change the Champions League. It's all about money. That's all. It's not about a big game every week. It's about how much money can we put in our own accounts. And it's very interesting. Off the back of the Super League closing down, we've just seen Liverpool's financial statement come out that they're 120-odd million in the red, and it's only going to fall... Worse because of the fans not being there. The fans are going to show their disloyalty and buying the new shirts, I would imagine, and season tickets because of what's gone on there. It's very interesting how many of the teams are going to come out that were involved in that Super League that mm. are in debt and wanted to clean their books off. And Perez with Real Madrid was one of them because they've been in debt for how many years? Oh, I can't remember Real Madrid not being in debt, but yeah. they always find money from somewhere and Perez is the one that actually finds it for them. Well, watch this space, but let's move on because that was last week's story, but it was a nice reminder today about, you know, thank goodness that that didn't take off at the time. What happens? Rightio, then give us an answer. What happens in the second leg and who goes through? 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. After seeing that game, I would have to say Chelsea will be favourites to go through. Uh, I think playing at home... um, I actually think they dominated. They, they they will be kicking themselves if they don't go through because they should have been at least two, three goals up in that first half. So I, I still think Chelsea under Tuchel will be good enough and strong enough to get through. Rightio, then give us an answer. I hate to say it because it's going to make the game sound terrible. I'm going to go for a nil-nil and Chelsea go through on the away score, goal. Uh, board draw? Board draw. I'm normally a score draw man. It was a score draw today. He said what? Board draw. I don't board think, draw. I don't think it'll be a board draw. I actually think Real Madrid have to come out and you'll see uh, Benzema will, will be there again and and, and you think that uh, Hazard will be better for at least another I 20 I fancy minutes. Chelsea to keep a clean sheet yet again. Okay. Rightio, then give us an answer. I'll try to pep it up a little bit. A tactical masterclass, we'll see. <laughs> well, will we see goals? <laughs> oh, um, you know, again, I, I agree. I think you know they have to show a bit more. Uh, Real Madrid, they'll be in, in control. Chelsea will be happy to to sit back and 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 hit them on the counter. Um, and I actually think that that um, you know Chelsea will will get a goal in this one. So um, you know, do I think Real Madrid can get two? No, so I, I actually tip one uh, one, and we'll see some extra time. Wiener is so excited. <laughs> no, I'm excited for your nil all. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's with is it with Vinicius, Benzema, and Hazard potentially all H- on the Hazard field at the same time. Start. I don't think Hazard will. Start. He's got 20 minutes in him. I can't really get too excited <laughs> about him at the moment. Ramos back. I'd be yeah, shocked if he wasn't. I, I, I don't think he can start Ramos. I, I just think that it will be too much of a risk, especially with the pace of Pulisic and and Mount and and Werner. I think that Ramos haven't played a lot of football. That'll be a massive risk. So, gents, that's one half done. That's the the old school Champions League half of the draw done. And on Thursday morning, we come back for Paris Saint-Germain against Manchester City, where we have, of course, the two clubs, the two managers, desperate to get this onto their CV. What happens? Oh, How can you predict the PSG-Man City game? That's the beauty of it. How can you predict the Pochettino-Guardiola result? You know what? I really enjoyed this morning. But I can't wait for tomorrow. You know, I've been looking forward to that ever since they both got through their quarterfinals. I think that Man City showed against Spurs, even though Spurs were terrible, Bridgie, in the Carabao Cup. But I think that that was the most dominant 1-0 display I've seen in a long time. But, you know, I think that PSG with Neymar... Oh, what are you doing, Bridgie? This is this is how I think the final's going to go. This match you're on about. Oh, toss of the coin. Who won? Heads, PSG. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know what? If PSG are going to win, Mbappe and Neymar need to play like they did 
against Bayern Munich because if they're in form, it's very hard to stop them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it, it's going to be so fascinating because it's going to hinge on. We, we know, you know, where this morning the teams were, were quite similar in the way they they're very controlled, very balanced. But Man City is going to play, going to try to dominate a little bit like Bayern Munich and. PSG will be happy just to use the pace on the break and and it'd really be interesting those battles and and who comes out on top and and we, but you can't keep Mbappe and Neymar down for for 90 minutes so uh. the difference between Paris Saint-Germain playing Manchester City as opposed to Tottenham in the Carabao Cup <laughs> if Paris Saint-Germain get a throw in in the final third in the attacking final third they will give it to the players that want to hold play the ball and they will play the ball forward they won't have Reggie on passing the ball all the way back to Tommy Alvia, to Toby Alvia, then going back to the goalkeeper in Larice in their own penalty area. They, they, they were playing the ball backwards seventy yards down the park when they were in an attacking position. It was embarrassing. Now back to PSG. Yeah, yeah you, you don't have to. Hang on, PSG you will can't do. Have a Tottenham rant Boys, in the middle of PSG. We're will happy have to help. We're happy to help. Go on, Bruce, this, this is on. part of my counselling. Part of my counselling. This is this is you know normally I've got to pay for this counselling. This is free. And I just think that Paris Saint-Germain will, will take it to City and it'll be a much more entertaining game. And I, th- I do feel, the way I saw Neymar and Mbappe in the last match, I think that they can turn, turn City over. What was interesting in the last time, well, PSG's last uh, two games against Bayern Munich, was in the first game, Bayern Munich pressed so well, PSG struggled to play out, and, but they kept on trying, and they kept on going, they kept on trying. And the one or two times they did get through, they went down the other end and had their chances and scored. But uh, in the second leg, PSG actually played out through the press, and I think they'll try and do that against City. City will press, mm. and PSG, if they do happen to beat that first line and get Neymar on the ball, the spaces will mm. open up. Just tell me that the storyline tomorrow isn't going to be Pep Guardiola overthinking this. Let's hope he's learned his lesson from last time. And I think I think he has. He's got to have. I've got a funny feeling that he'll overthink it. I, I actually think that... I, I, don't, I can't see him changing his system because he hasn't changed at all season. I think he'll stick to what he's been doing. But he'll overthink it in some like, slight tactical change in how to control a Neymar and how to control Mbappe. That, there'll be an adjustment somewhere and it might be the personnel that hasn't been playing yeah. so much, he'll start with He them. goes to sleep having nightmares about counter-attacks. So if he's going to do that in a normal week, imagine what he does when Mbappe and Neymar are the opponents. But sport for choice. I mean, Amerit Laporte pops up and scores the winning goal in the Carabao Cup final and probably doesn't get a spot in this team uh, tomorrow morning. So well, it was brilliant. There was an, uh, a press conference with uh, Pep, I don't know when it was, if it was yesterday or the day before, and one of the journos said, you know, how do you find all this energy, you know, oh, football all the time, football all the time, you know, you seem like uh, that you're, you're always on top of your game, you're always excited, you know, and the journalist said about that, it, because he does the same with his own, uh, he ended up having divorces from his wife, and, and Pep goes, I'm actually tired. You know, and and you, and you just know that is it coming to oh, that no. stage of the season that he's going to no. overthink it because he's so do tired. It. Don't do it. Not again. I just, I just, I just don't think he deserves to have that English media pile on about you know how he's uh, overthought it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Rightio, then give us an answer. So, just what what's going to play out tomorrow? What's a good result? Uh, what is the result tomorrow? And and if and if you're bold enough, who goes through in this tie? 
I think there will be a draw tomorrow, but not a score. I'm uh, not a ball draw. It will be a score draw. I, I actually think that the, the tie will be very open for the second leg. Um, but I, I, oh, I can't pick who's going to go through though. I'll have to toss the coin, like Bridgie. <laughs> I've already tossed the coin. It said Paris Saint Germain, and I'm going with PSG over the two legs. Even though I'd like to see the English club in the final, I did say Chelsea might get the results over Real Madrid. I don't want to see an all-English final again. We see that in the Premier League. I want to see something different. So, Chelsea, Paris Saint-Germain. Oh, so Tuchel against Paris Saint-Germain, perhaps. Um, I, I'm uh, all... Man no, you're all in on Manchester yeah, City. I'm I should know that. Man City, yeah. so, um, you know, I know my prediction of four trophies not going to come true, but three will, and uh, they'll be too good. Um, I think uh, a lot of it hinges at... Uh, was that Lewandowski wasn't playing for Bayern Munich? Yeah. Otherwise, they would have gone through. Uh, so they'll be too good, and they'll uh, they'll win two one tomorrow. Dave, question for you: Has the double double ever happened in the same league in anywhere in the world? Because Chelsea could win the double FA Cup, Champions League, and Manchester City could win the Carabao Cup, which they have already won, and the Premier League. I'd say it has been done. Two big teams splitting the. Watch this space. Come back with you tomorrow. On, yeah. and with an Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, Mr. Statman <laughs> is stuck. Because <laughs> I'm the Statman. Ding, 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 ding. No, I should have put you on the spot on that day. Ding. 26 minutes in. Cut that bit out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> with the <laughs> No, no, no. Hey, before we end off, just in terms of um, talking about all these big name managers, you mentioned Spurs. Sorry, Bridgie, to pile this on. But Julian Nagelsmann going to Bayern Munich overnight confirmed. Reaction. Oh, I'll get... Your two guys' reaction to that move, and then Bridgie, your reaction to that move from a Spurs perspective, i.e., what's the next best option with Brendan Rodgers distancing himself from the job this morning? But I'll come on the buying reaction first. I, I don't blame Brendan Rodgers for distancing himself. Why would he leave Leicester to go to Tottenham? No disrespect Agreed. to Tottenham, but Leicester probably got more financial power at the moment because Tottenham need a powerful stadium. But anyway, Nagelsmann uh, to Bayern Munich, 25 million euro transfer. It's incredible that happens between clubs mm. for, for managers. Uh, it, Top appointment for Bayern Munich, but I don't like how Bayern Munich just weaken all the opposition so then they can win the title every year. Mm. You know, it, it ends up being like it's too easy for them. You've, they go and buy their you've best You've it for years. Well, yeah, I know. And they won nine in a row. And, and it no, gets boring. No wonder they didn't want to be in the Super League because they got an absolute <laughs> monopoly in <laughs> <of> Germany. <laughs> they did it with Dortmund. You know, they always do it with yeah. the, the, their rivals. And now RB Leipzig with the closest rival. Oh, we won't take any of their players because they're probably not quite at the level. Well, up at Meccano, who ended up going mm. there. And now Nagelsmann. Yeah, I don't like it. But anyway, I like him as a manager. I think he'll do well there. It's a good, it's, uh, I, I agree with you. An interesting perspective from Germany is that I was reading the other day that the, the, the support of each club is so strong that Bayern's dominance, dominance doesn't weaken the interest. But from a neutral point of view, you look at that league and go, that is a real shame because you just, you know, if, as you go back to Lewandowski moving from Dortmund, got to moving from Dortmund, you go, come on, be a bit more imaginative with your recruitment, I suppose. But, Bridgie, who's the next cab off the rank? <laughs> you've got me here there's big talk I was I was gutted they did not get Nagelsmann but to be fair if you've got Bayern Munich not going to need your door and you've got Tottenham wanting you you're going to go to Bayern because you're going to win things you're going to fill your trophy cabinet and Rodgers like John says he's at a great club Leicester have worked their way up they've done it in the right manner um, behind the scenes putting money back into the academy and making sure the club is stable and Rodgers has been able to go out and, and you know show that he is a top, top manager. And there's no need for him to move at this moment in time. And I don't. And think he'll he... be in Champions League football as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, 
you, you're saying that unless they're going to choke again. Well, I did. I said West Ham would get in, but I've, <laughs> I've again failed miserably as the expert analysis. What a load of crap. Anyway, I think, yeah, the, the ones that they've talked about now is um, Nuno Espirito Santos from Wolves. I don't want him. I think the system he plays at, at Wolves is being found out. You might as well have kept hold of Jose Mourinho. And the one name that I would like to see given a chance, who was a young manager, he's not doing anything, is um, Eddie Howe. Mm. I'd mm. like to say, give him, give him an opportunity. They don't mind giving a youngster because of showed Ryan Mason is there. I think Eddie Howe can take him under his wing, help him out, help Ledley King out and have a fresh start. And he plays attacking football, attractive football, a bit like Pochettino. And I would like to see the, the lads go on the front foot once again. So I'm hoping somebody like that. Interesting shout. A, a person that you might trust with a rebuild because it looks like you know, Spurs have a I bit of a way Graham to go. Potter. I actually think oh, yeah. Graham Potter in, in a side, and Spurs need to play attacking football, like you said, because their supporters, once they're back in the stadium, that's what they expect, that's what they want to see. Even the players talk about playing on the front foot. And I think Graham Potter's showing with, I wouldn't say it's a poor squad, but, you know. Well, it's a they, far lesser squad than Spurs. Well, that's right. And they dominate games. They dominate the opposition. They just lack that cutting edge. Now, you maybe he would be able to keep a Kane and a Son together. Can you imagine? how good they would be under someone like Graham Potter? Watch the question that is always comes up about Potter, and he even says it himself. It's all about that number nine position. They don't have a prolific goal scorer. Well, I'll tell you what, with Harry Kane they do and with Son they do, so that's the final piece of the jigsaw. He knows how to get teams in the final third. Yep. They just don't seem to score as many as they should. So that, that's a really good shout, John, actually. You put a smile on my face there. Neil Mopé at Spurs, number nine next season when Kane's at Manchester <laughs> United. You heard it here first on the Gagan pod. Sorry to do that, dear Bridgie. Gents, great fun as always. We, Simon's got the better of us this morning, but we're going to do it all again on Thursday morning for Paris Saint-Germain against Manchester City. And then look ahead to the Europa League on Friday. Have a great day, guys. Thanks so much for sticking around today. Loved it. Loved it, yeah. Great to be here and, you know, great to see the lads in the studio and then, you know, being able to talk instead of doing the, through the television screen mm, no. and the landline. So good to see you boys. Yeah, it's been good fun. Good fun to everyone out there today. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed all the action on the Champions League today on Optus Sport. And until the next Gagan Pod, as ever, enjoy your football.